Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This edition of the Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Eric Anderson, Callum McCauley, Alex Huckobian. Sean Krause, Kevin Hall, Peter Walker, Sean Brown, Paul Wade, Nathan Olson, and Michael Watanabe. Fine and faithful spoilerites, one and all, and this one goes out to them. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, podcast, the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 508 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of our little show that we do. And thank you for making it so popular. Thank you for all of the uh, the wonderful five-star reviews over there at uh, iTunes. Thank you so much for pushing the Major Spoilers Podcast up higher and higher into a variety of different feeds. We show up uh, quite high in the rankings over in visual arts, in literature, in other games for whatever reason. Just in the gaming category, we rank uh, up there with the Major Spoilers Podcast. I think it's because... So many people are listening to Critical Hit yes. and then listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. So Probably. we thank everybody for that. And um, we like enjoying and producing uh, content for you. That's why we do it each week. And part of it's a learning experience, which is why we have this little segment right now that will eventually spin off into its own show called Zach on Film. Zach on Film. <laughs> so Zach this, on film. this week on uh, Zach on Film, 1973 Hong Kong. Martial arts action flick directed by uh, Robert Klaus, starring none other than Bruce Lee, Jim Kelly, and John Saxon. It is the story of uh, Bruce Lee, who's a, what, a Buddhist a monk, who's been recruited Shaolin. by, Shaolin monk, Shaolin. I'm sorry, uh, who's been recruited to go undercover into, what is it, uh, the death match. To, I... oh, no, not oh, Hans. <laughs> British intelligence comes to him. By the way, this is also uh, a comic book known as Master of Kung Fu. But British intelligence comes to him and asks him to go undercover to try and bring down one of the largest drug traffickers in the Pacific Rim, a man they know only as Mr. Han. Mr. Han. Mr. Han. Mm -hmm. So, Zach, uh, this is the first time that you have ever seen – this is the first time you've ever seen a Bruce Lee movie? Yep. All right. So uh, the way Zach on film works is Zach Zach gives us a rundown of the film. We discuss it a little bit. Uh, what was cool about it? What wasn't cool about it? What you can learn from it as a uh, as a what is a cinemaphile? Uh, and most importantly, what uh, Zach can what take away. I watch movies. Uh, what Zach can take away and use as he improves his skills to be a v- better visual storyteller. So Zach, give us a rundown of. Uh, Enter the dragon. All right. So Matthew and Steven kind of gave the beginning. Uh, Shaolin Monk gets recruited by secret organization people to infiltrate 
Mr. Han's secret island where he hosts a martial arts tournament. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> Every, I'm going to say three years, I think they said in the movie. DOA! <laughs> uh, it hosts this tournament every couple years. Yeah. And to uh, <laughs> to uh, see who the greatest martial artist is, and but the Lee knows that I like how he's called Lee. By the way, right? Is he? Is that like in all all of his movies? He just called Lee. No, no. It was wonderful here though. Uh, he usually has a name. Well, I mean, he does have a name this time. It just happens to be his name. Well, no, no, his first Lee name. Could be well, I mean, yes. his Lee, Lee, his, his well. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, Lee's in his name. Uh, so he meets up with oh two or three other guys on a boat, and they're heading to this island, and uh, get some backstories on those guys, on who they were, and where they came from, and kind of what their motivations are to uh, come to this tournament. And then we get to the tournament, and it's like, and it's like a lot of fighting and stuff, and that's really cool. And then um, you see Han. Is much like Willy Wonka in the fact he wants to see who the greatest martial artist is. <laughs> he, he is can, in no way like Willy Wonka. He he is trying to find the greatest person for to who can, can take his drug business to America. It's like Willy Wonka. Loompa, Loompa, um, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> maybe not Willy Wonka. I mean, that's what I took it as. But if you look at Mr. Han, <laughs> if you look at Han and then you look at a James Bond movie that came out, okay. oh, about five years before that, or a movie called Dr. No, yeah, and he's this is, very much like that's what I was gonna bring Dr. Up no. This is essentially a James Bond movie in yes. China. Yes. He's got, a little bit of, he's got a little bit of Fu Manchu in him. Okay. So, yes, a lot of action, mm-hmm. discovers that Han is the evil bad guy. Yep. He's got the really cool uh, wooden uh, thing in his hand with the claws on it. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, maze of mirrors. Yeah. Cow, pow, 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 like pow. Maze of mirrors. Falls in love, escape the island. Don't forget. Yeah. The end. Don't forget Black Belt Jones. Yes. Yes. Black Belt Jones is in this. And he's all uh, like, kia, whoa. John Saxon is in this. Uh, Jim Kelly yeah, is like in this. I like to think of that guy as Robert the, Wall the is in this. real life Oliver Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The character John Saxon here is literally to me Green Arrow. So it's Green Arrow and Black Belt Jones and Kato <laughs> from the Green Hornet all being sent to Fu Manchu's secret island to fight in the Mortal Kombat Tekken 2 tournament. So seriously though, Zach, have you seen have you seen movies like DOA and Mortal Kombat and the Tekken video Mortal game Com- franchise, I, yeah, right? Yeah. The whole idea is oh, we're yeah. gathering the greatest martial artists around. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Bad yeah. dudes. Totally. Is this the first time we see this uh, this play out, Matthew? Well, I don't know that it's the first time that it's ever been done. I think that this is really kind of the the trope codifier, at least for Western culture. Right. Well, again, because this is the first time that you know Americans would see this. I don't know if this is the this is the, the first, first really big. This is the movie. first Bruce Lee movie that premiered in America, mm-hmm. and it's the first Bruce Lee movie right. to be recorded in English. And it was a huge, huge deal. I had a... You, know, uh, you have offended my family and oh, you yeah, offended yeah. the Shaolin Temple. Yeah. I had a... Uh, uh, I think, sadly, he's passed away. Uh, I had a... Uh, when I was living in yeah. California, 
I was learning some martial arts uh, from this guy mm-hmm. and uh, he told me the story of the first time he ever saw Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee movies. And he was a much older teenager in the seventies. And just the first time that they went and saw something like enter the dragon, it may have been enter the dragon. And the first time, cause he was already learning martial arts and suddenly they're seeing this up on the big screen and they're like, holy crap, look what we can possibly do if mm-hmm. we keep training. And so that pushed him to continue to, to train and, and, um, and, and learn the, the art. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it did have a big impact on a lot of people. And certainly when you're looking at stuff that came out before this, it was all dubbed, bad dubbed, right? Yeah. Not yeah. like, not like Enter the Dragon. And, um, it was certainly part of that extra tack on movie that you got to see with the feature, right? Matthew, mm-hmm. I mean, you'd go on Saturday yeah. and you'd be able to watch like five movies in a row or something. And one of those might be a martial arts movie, uh, in addition to the big feature that you really wanted to see, or you go late right. on Saturday night, you know, along with the, a lot of the other, uh, cheap, uh, movies that were out there. And, uh, this was a, a big deal for martial arts fil- films. It was a big deal for Bruce Lee. Sadly, this was a movie that uh, came out shortly before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, so right. it just kind of solidified him as this martial arts legend. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he had been identified as a martial arts legend. And legend is probably a good way to put it because there are differing accounts as to whether all of the things that people say about Bruce Lee are true, but the man knew how to build an image. Oh, right, right. And you, you know, you don't, most people don't realize this, but Bruce Lee, his father was in fact, uh, I don't know if he was a movie star, but he was in fact an, an actor of some sort. Bruce was appearing in movies in the forties and fifties. Bruce appeared in dozens and dozens of films before he was actually of age. So, I mean, he grew up in the movie business. He actually came of age making appearances in films and being part of the Hong Kong uh, kind of movie thing. Right. So, you know, when you when you put it all together, a lot of it is some of the sophistry and the artistry that we see in places like professional wrestling. But Mm -hmm. when you actually put it on the screen, especially when you put it on the screen in this particular movie, it's like a whole new ball game. I mean, this is alongside the, the yellow jumpsuit that Beatrice Kiddo wore. This is the iconic Bruce Lee moments, right? And the slash across the chest. Yeah. 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 And then reaching down and licking the blood. blood. Yeah. And people need to remember too that when we talk about the the um, yellow sports suit, that's not in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people may not be aware no, of that. That's but, in Game of Death. Yeah, but this this movie, as far as the mar- I mean, there's been some really great martial arts movies that have come after this. But when you look at and we do get to see um, Sammo Hung and uh, Jackie Chan in right. this movie as Jackie bit players. Gets his neck broken. Yeah, he gets his neck broken in the in the drug cave. Um, you know, this is that if you're going to make a martial arts film, Mm -hmm. go watch Enter the Dragon, go watch and look how they choreograph these fight scenes, go look and see how they tell a story. You're right. It is James Bond and it's a James Bond type tale. But when you throw the martial arts in there, it suddenly becomes a lot more interesting. Mm -hmm. It becomes a lot more, um, graceful in, in a lot of ways as you're trying to capture the movements of these, of these uh, martial artists that are all performing. And so when you look at 
the Jackie Chan movies. Now, Jackie Chan, again, as Matthew said, just like Bruce Lee grew up in the theater, Jackie Chan grew up in uh, performing, I don't want to say circus, uh, but it was essentially that. Um, but, yeah. yeah. And so he was not unfamiliar with this kind of thing. And when you look at his movies, you can see how Enter the Dragon influenced the movies that he made. You can look at uh, Quentin Tarantino and see how Enter the Dragon influenced movies that he made. You can look at um, uh, Man with the Iron Fist and see oh, how totally. those Enter the Dragon entered this. And of course, parody, of course, that uh, parody is one of those things that ultimately happens with any genre. Everything ultimately gets parodied. Yeah. Um, and now we, they ultimately get parodied as adult films. Yeah. But when you look at Robot Chicken or when you look at, um, you know, the stuff mm-hmm. on Mad TV, um, Simpsons, any of that stuff where they're making fun of something, oftentimes when you see the the mirror maze or when you see the guy with the big wooden uh, claw with the knives, saying. when you see the slash that's across the chest, it's all from Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really cool. Even this idea of, we want you to go undercover into this martial arts competition and root out the drug Lord. I mean, it's all from inner the yeah. dragon and that, that setup right there, you can go to 50 other martial arts movies made after 1973. And they're all that same setup. We want you to go and infiltrate the drug Lord. That's yeah. it all comes from this. And it's, yeah. and it is, and it this, is really wonderful. I mean, this, yeah, this is something that if you look at the names who are involved in this movie, Many it's of these names, name. like Bob Wall, yeah, yeah. even even names that aren't like huge names, like like uh, Yin Hua and Yin Bao and Sammo Hung, these are names that you see over and over and over, creating everything that has become the modern expectation of this kind of, uh, <laughs> I call them big dumb chopsaki movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the 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 kung fu film, the elements that they use, I don't like to say tropes because it's it's kind of becoming a trope unto itself or <laughs> perhaps even a cliche. But the, the actual building blocks of nearly every movie are here. Mm. If you watch Mortal Kombat, the character who is playing, um, oh, what's the, the one guy name? Which one the guy? guy? Liu Kang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liu Kang is the Bruce Lee archetype. Liu Kang, right. if you go back to Mortal Kombat, is clearly based on yes. Bruce Lee yes. in this movie. Well, in fact, the the Hollywood guy, what is his name in the Mortal Kombat? He's the John Johnny Saxon. Cage. Johnny Cage Johnny is Cage. John Saxon. That's yeah. why Matthew and I were riffing on that at the beginning, because this is the setup for all these video games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's... Um, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy from Tekken, the awesome guy. With the hair. Uh-huh. Abe Brown. The the Sons of the Tiger. Go to Majorspoilers.com right now and look up Hero History of the Sons of the Tiger. Lynn's son, Abe Brown, and Bob Diamond are Saxon, Black Belt Jones, and Cato in this movie. So how does – let me ask you this. Let's tie this real quickly back into comic books, and then we'll get back to Zach on film segment. Where does Iron Fist fall into the whole genre of the martial arts, and how does he align with what's going on with Bruce Lee? Iron Fist is one of the few Marvel superheroes of the Kung Fu genre that isn't immediately and directly knocked off of Bruce Lee. (laughs) Because Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu, is in a lot of ways a a composite of this character, Lee, and the character from Way of the Dragon, which is the movie where uh, Bruce Lee fought a young Chuck Norris. Mm -hmm. And if you go in and you read The Sons of the Tiger – 
the sons of the tiger are basically the three archetypes that you see in this book. You see the the rich um, the rich American guy who's into TV, and the the big tough African American from a tough neighborhood, and then the disciplined former Shaolin monk. That's the sons of the tiger. Iron Fist is a blonde kid who fell into the secret world of Kunlun. So he's kind of a John Carter archetype. I'm sure there's specifically a movie out there where that happens and somebody comes back and he's like a blonde kung fu master and he's all like, Wah! Maybe it's the Karate Kid. I don't know. Wah! So let me ask you, have you picked up Wah! now then, now that you're thinking back, Zach? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first time you've seen this movie. Matthew yeah. and I, I mean, I know I've seen Think this movie back. a couple of dozen times. Do it again. Uh, especially since it was... Man, I want to say that I only got to first see this in the late 80s, early 90s. It's the very first time because I don't remember any of the regular broadcast channels airing this. Mm -hmm. I think it was when I got to college and got on USA Network or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it had too much cachet. Now, I saw saw Game of Death and Way of the Dragon. Uh, And I think, um, not Fists of Fury, but the other one. Uh, I don't remember. Balls of Fury? (laughs) <laughs> There's another Lee film out there that's just kind of in, and of course the the Lee imitators were all over. Right, um, it was um, Far East mm-hmm. Theater, <laughs> unlike Saturday Morning. Yeah, no, I, I think I really got to. I, I think I really got to see this film when it when it was on DVD, and it was one of the early mm-hmm. DVD releases that I bought. Was I wanted to see this movie in its entirety without it being cut and edited for television, Sci-Fi Channel, or USA Network, or whatever it was on? Yeah. Because I really wanted to see this, and I was just in awe over the story. Now, I will say the first time that I did watch this all the way through, I thought this is kind of long, and it is not. It doesn't have as much action as I hoped it would. Yeah, I can see that because I came in with this, having seen other martial arts movies, I came in with this belief of what a martial arts movie is supposed to be. You've insulted my family. Now you must die. Ah! Yeah. And then 90 minutes oh. of, of fighting. Chinwa, He will not let me get rice cakes for father. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was your initial oh, reaction to I this? I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, the, the name of Bruce Lee was, I was like, okay, this is going to be sweet. Cause I just watched, uh, man with the iron fist. Like right. the day before this, I was like, I'm going to watch this Bruce Lee movie. It's going to be so much fighting. I'm going to be a Kung Fu master by the end. And I'm just going to be like, <laughs> chopping all my roommates down. And there was a, there's a good, there's a good bit of, there's a lot of fighting and, and it's not a, a considerable amount. There's definitely less than I thought there was. And, uh, there's definitely a, a lull when it got into the more, uh, espionage portion of the thing of him sleuthing around the compound. And then, uh, dropping into holes and uh, rappelling down on ropes and finding people, and that was kind of more of a sneaky, sneaky aspect. Than right. Like, right. Which right. is kind of what I wanted. Right. Now, why do you think, let me ask you this, why do you think that the martial arts aspect of it was toned down through much of the film? Because it released in America? No. No? Think about how do you tell a story. Through highs and lows. Yes. Yep. So if you watch, mm-hmm. oh yeah, definitely. There are these little peaks where, okay, now we're in the tournament. Now mm-hmm. we get to see Bruce Lee kick the crap out of uh, Robert Wall or whoever it was. Yeah. Not Robert Wall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you get to see him kick Who, the crap by out of the him. Way, holds a grudge. Does he? Okay. He, he was apparently injured during the making. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, it said in the uh, making of that he um, broke a vertebrae in his neck. Uh, from, you know, when crap. they kick him back and he falls on all those people, yeah. that he broke a vertebrae in his neck from that. Okay. Oh, um, so, yeah, there's some there's some stuff going on in mm-hmm. this film. 
So you get these little peaks and valleys, and then you get into this very low point of very. let's sleuth around, let's do some stuff. There'll be some fighting, fighting, but then you're building to this ultimate climax yeah. with Han, and that is where you see all the fighting going on, and yeah. it's very it's very quick, really good fighting. Now, something else that you may not have noticed, and I'm sorry I didn't watch this this week, so I'm going off of memory on this. Um, one thing to watch for when you're watching martial arts films, mm-hmm. there's two ways that you can show the action. You can show the action in a lot of close-ups and a lot of cuts. So, you know, I'm coming up to you, wide shot, I swing a punch at you, cut in for the close-up, yeah. your face flies away, cut away to you flying away, cut to you, you know, close-up of you doing your kickflip that Matthew loves to talk about all the time to stand up, and then... Cut to me reaction, cut to you flying at me, cut, 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 right. cut, boom, 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 lots of tight shots and lots of close-ups. I've been told that if they are real martial arts experts, they do not want scenes filmed that way. Mm-hmm. They want you to show that this is really the style. This is how I'm fighting. You are seeing real fighting, real action. So... The other style is for people that are well-trained in the art, you shoot everything in just giant wide shots from just a couple of different angles, maybe a few close-ups, but for most of the action sequences, it is big wide shots. So go and look at Jackie Chan stuff Mm -hmm. and you'll see in his early days, huge wide shots. Go see this movie called, what is it called? Chocolate, I think. Uh, It's, it's, um, it's about this autistic. It's really bad as far as the storyline goes, as as far as the hook. It's this autistic girl who can memorize everything. And so she sees people practicing martial arts across the street. Yeah, that's it. She sees people practicing um, martial arts across the street, learns all their moves, sees all these Bruce Lee movies, ma- masters all their moves, sees all these mm-hmm. Jackie Chan movies, masters all their moves. Her mother has cancer. Uh, she used to, the mother used to be a big... Um, uh, in with the, the mob. And so a lot of people owe money. So she thinks she gets it in her head with the help of a friend to go around to all these old accounts and try to collect money so that she can help her mother. Right. And of course, one thing leads to another and she has to whip out her martial arts skills. And these are huge, incredible wide shots of just action, 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 action. And, uh, and it's really well done. Yeah. Compare that to the action sequences of the matrix where Neo and, uh, and, uh, um, Smith? Yeah, not Smith. Um, where they're actually in the temple fighting. Um, oh, Morpheus. Morpheus are yeah. fighting. And look at how quickly those cuts are with one another, mm-hmm. except for the couple of broad shots where they're doing a couple the of jumps. stuff, yeah. Yeah. Everything else is tight and close. So look at that when you're looking at martial arts films. Look how they're yeah. editing those fight sequences together. And that'll tell you a lot about the knowledge of those people and their martial arts skills. Oh, no. I, I'm pretty sure we... If not talked very depth, we at least mentioned it in some of our editing classes before, and so right. that's definitely something I watch for now. And there was scenes in this movie where that was it was very prevalent of who really knew their stuff. Right, and right, uh, right. when they did the flashback to Lee's sister in the town, mm-hmm. when she was running through the town and fighting those guys, there was some when she got cornered and circled up, huge just up top wide shots of like, yeah, yeah. and she's just flipping around and kicking the crap out of people. Yeah. So you do pay really attention to what I say in class. Oh yeah, I take notes Excellent. and stuff. Um so what did you what did you from the <laughs> the technique side? Yeah. From the lighting, the photography, the editing, what did you take away from this? I think um w- one of my big takeaways with from this 
goes along with the um, the wide shots of the martial arts was that if you have someone that has the talent that can be shown on screen and needs to be shown on screen mm-hmm. in a manner that you should do that. And I and especially with like martial arts, if you have someone that can really pull off some sweet martial arts stuff, you need to highlight that because it's gonna look freaking sweet on right. screen and stuff. And I think it's something that um, I've heard directors talk about when they have really good actors and stuff, and they just like let them roll mm-hmm. and they just let them do their scenes and they kind of give them maybe a couple hints or something, but they just kind of let them roll because they're actors and they know what they're doing. This is this is their uh, this is their thing. This is what they do. Right. And I think that was one of my big takeaways from watching. It's like they obviously have martial artists that know what they're doing and Bruce Lee obviously does because he choreographed all the martial arts scenes. So, I mean, to let him do what he needs to do was kind of a... I think it would be thing. interesting to have you go and watch some other martial arts films from that same time period yeah, and see what your reaction is to that. I mean, that's something that that's your extra credit yeah. assignment to go and do that. Matthew, what else should uh, Zach get from Enter the Dragon as he blossoms into a uh, the next Steven Spielberg? Or J.J. Abrams, I, I guess. I think the Enter the Dragon is, is... No, don't be J.J. Abrams. I, don't don't be, be I really don't want to be Lincoln. Or not Lincoln. I, I, I think Lincoln. that one of, the, <laughs> one of the things that makes this successful is that it does marry the, the martial arts movie to a plot that while very, very 70s, mm-hmm. actually carries it through and makes the, the martial arts portions of it. It makes those points where it's all, oh, no, he's not fighting what's going on. It puts it all together in an entertaining fashion. So if you sit down and you watch the fighty fighty and then something happens and they're sneaking around and then, you know, oh, my God, Black Belt Jones is dead, i.e., you have a through line. You have a story here that carries us from the fighty fighty to the fighty fighty. So it's not all about the kick punch. Wah! There's actually something else going on here. Now, that plot has a lot of elements that have become very familiar, not necessarily quite cliche, but definitely in the ballpark. Right. But even that, it's like, it's kind of like Raymond Chandler. You read Raymond Chandler and you're like, wow, I've read all of these a thousand times before. But this is where it comes from. This is the Superman that inspired and created the Batman that you love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this one also, uh, you know, but, this one also has that downer ending. It doesn't have a happy ending to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not really, no. And Black Belt Jones is dead, which makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I love me some Black Belt Jones. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, at, interestingly... And it's a it's a highly fictionized account, but if you see uh, Dragon the Bruce Lee story, right, there is a, a lengthy section at the end where uh, Jason Scott Lee relation as Bruce Lee. We'll just wait. Okay. In the the Hall of Mirrors, pretending to be Bruce Lee, to Bruce Lee pretending to just be Lee. You know, it's interesting. And, of course, there's the great martial artist Stan Lee, who uh, is known for his special uh, old guy style. Or as we call it, old guy to you. I had mentioned a movie that uh, people should go check out, uh, Ip Man. Mm -hmm. It's a true story of uh, martial arts legend, uh, the Ip Man, and it's played by Donnie Young uh, in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was Bruce Lee's mentor mentor and taught him everything. Ip Man actually appears as a cameo in... Uh, Enter the Dragon. He's oh, really? the fairy man 
on the boat, oh, okay. which is really kind of cool. Uh, that's kind of neat, kind of a, a nice little nod. Is that the first Ip Man or the second Ip Man? Or I keep well, they're both the same. They're oh, Ip, they Man, Ip Man and Ip Man 2 yeah. are just uh, continuing. Ip Man 2 is a continuation of his life. Oh, okay. uh, Ip Man 2 is, at the end of that, is when he finally meets Bruce Lee for the first time. Oh, cool. Uh, which is kind of cool. So uh, I would recommend, I, I like both of them. I think Ip Man was was better than Ip Man 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but the martial arts in that is also fantastic. I almost watched... I almost picked him up this weekend, but then I watched now, El Mariachi. So now the next question is, and this can be open for everybody, how are you consuming your movies? I have basically, I have not bought DVDs in a long time, and I'll only buy a DVD if that, and, I'm so, and when I say DVD, I mean Blu-ray, because right, right, really if you're buying a DVD, like, what's anyway. Uh, but I'll only buy the Blu-ray if it's got the Blu-ray plus the digital version mm. on it, yeah. so that I can instantly load it into the computer and have access to it. But lately, all these movies that I'm talking about, I'm getting right from iTunes, downloading them, watching them on the home theater via via the Apple TV. Yeah. How are you consuming your movies? You're going out and buying them? Um, some of them are. Because I where are you am. seeing Ip Man? At Walmart? Ne- Netflix and Hastings. Oh, and Netflix. Uh, and Hastings. And Hastings? Yeah, okay. Hastings. Netflix. Ip Man and Ip Man 2. Yeah, they're on, they're on all on. There's a lot of... I watch a lot of stuff on Netflix now that I got it on my iPad um besides that i don't do a lot of streaming on movies on itunes mainly because my computer's getting kind of old yeah, and yeah. slow and it's kind of filled um besides that um i'm still buying blu-rays and stuff okay and then netflix i watch a lot of stuff on netflix smaller Ma- stuff matthew what about you uh I, if and when i watch a movie it is almost always gonna be either netflix or Redbox. Okay. There's a red box on my way to my house. I live in a weird little suburb of Topeka. And so once I get south of the Kentucky Fried Chicken, I'm pretty much in a small town, which is separate and distinct, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I have a Netflix account, and that's where I saw the Ip Man. And I think I watched <laughs> Game of Death on there around Christmas of last year. I would, I would really which, recommend. Uh, wasn't him bad. I would really recommend if you guys want to see Ooh, some cool stuff, is, just watch Ip Man. Yeah. I mean, so, is the last dragon on the list? Uh, I don't think so. No, put it's the last, not. Put the last dragon on the list. Who's that? Put the last dragon on the list. The last dragon. It's uh, Barry Gordy's uh, movie from 1985. It's uh, Bruce Leroy Brown. Oh, and, uh, I've seen he that has one. To fight against Shogun. Yes, the yes. Shogun of Harlem. Yes, Man. put it on there. Put it on the list. No. Put it on the list. <laughs> Zach, um, go watch The Last Dragon. Okay. It's it's interesting. It's I will wonderful. say that. I will say that. But seriously, you guys, go watch it, man. There's something else, though, and I and I don't know if this is just me being me or what, but when you watch a lot of the historical oh, Chinese movies, mm-hmm. like Red Cliff and Ip Man and all this stuff, suddenly it becomes propaganda for the government. You know, you watch these things that have won all these awards in China and mm-hmm. been awarded this medal of honor. And then you're watching and it's all about how the three, you know, empires came together or this fight or this conflict or whatever. But deep down you're looking at him going, this is just propaganda. It's a giant <laughs> propaganda film wrapped up, you know, here's pride. This is why you need to be right. on board with what we do here and that kind of stuff. And I mean, you find that a lot in, in many movies, uh, but it seems the more, of these that I watch that are available on iTunes, it seems that a vast majority of them are big propaganda mm. historical dramas <laughs> to an extent. But I would highly recommend you guys go watch it, man. It's it's really, really good. 
Um, anything else, Zach, that, uh, that you want to take away from this film? Do you recommend it? I mean, I recommend it. Oh yeah. Un- unbelievably recommend it. It's fun. Even if you don't like, uh, martial arts, it's, it's cool. You don't not like martial arts. Let's be honest. Everyone loves martial arts. Cause you like going, and like waving your hands around. I watched this on snow day, which was great. Cause yeah. then I just kind of bounced around the house the rest of the day. Um, Who was at home with you? Um, me and all my other roommates. Oh, all of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, you should totally watch this movie. Good, good, fun stuff. Uh, so next on our list, we're diving back into Quentin Tarantino yes. ca- uh, territory Pulp Fiction. with Pulp Fiction. Probably everyone. Well, I, w- I want to say I don't want to say everyone, but I would say a vast majority of people learned who Quentin Tarantino was when they saw this movie. That was because that was right after that was after Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we will look at that next time on Zach on Film. Uh, speaking of snow day, so one of the things that Zach and I did during snow day, now, granted, Matthew didn't have snow day yet. Rodrigo was uh, yeah, setting up did. for a wrestling. You didn't, you didn't have two. a, you didn't have snow day on that day. Not the day that I'm talking about. Um, Zach and I sat down and uh, recorded an episode of something called Finally Friday, something that I've been wanting to do for a super, super, super long time. And you can go check it out. It's over at Majorspoilers.com. Mm-hmm. And it's a video show. Uh, where in the, in the future, this was just a real alpha test because like 15 minutes before we did it, yeah. I was like, who's available now? And Matthew's like, well, I'm at work until six 30. And Rodrigo's like, well, I'm wrestling. You idiot. Don't you remember? And that was like, yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> and, uh, so we did this thing where we're interacting and talking about things that have happened uh, during the week. And a lot of people have really liked it and we'd like to do it again, mm-hmm. but the way we want to do it means that everybody, we can't do it at 10 o'clock at night. This is something where it's yeah. finally Friday. This is something that we're doing just as, as everyone is getting off of work. And uh, one way that we can continue to do a show like that is through your through your uh, donations. And so if you'd like to make a $2 a month, a $5 a month, or a $10 a month recurring donation, it will really, really help us out. Well, right now, we're hoping to reach a goal of $6,005 a month donors. So many of you uh, believe in us. And that, that's really means a lot to me. So many of you believe in us that you've upped your donation to a $10 a month recurring donation. And when we hit our goal of $4,000, a month recurring donors, we've got a website members.majorspoilers.com that will open up and you'll have a bunch of other stuff in there, at least a, for sure. One other podcast, possibly two, and we'll have some uh, other behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Zach is now over here doing a lot more work, uh, for major spoilers and for me, not only for a, a grade, but hopefully after that, he'll continue to do that. And yeah. um, people have been asking, what's your setup for critical hit? What's your setup for major spoilers? And when that members only site opens up, uh, I think that's where we're going to put some of those videos. People asking, you know, what do you do to do your podcast? Here's the behind the scenes. I did a video this week on behind the scenes of the want list and yeah. how we key everything out. So people can go check that out on YouTube as well. So it's all a possibility. What's that world of wonderful imagination oh, that uh, that Willy Wonka sings? Let's uh, let's take Come a with me. Yes, and you'll be in a world of bird regurgitation. That's not right. No, that was wrong. Let's take That's a listen. Right. Let's take a listen to this really quick. Hey guys, this is Ryan Colby in Korea. So I hope the phone call is coming through okay. Uh, I had a D and D related question. If you could play as a historical figure in the D&D campaign, who would they be and what class? Uh, I think an easy one might be Joan of Arc as a paladin or uh, maybe 
Tecumseh as a shifter fighter, or even William Shakespeare as a bard. Just curious what you guys might think. Thanks for doing this good work. Bye. Okay, so it's really a D&D question, but the question is, if you could take someone from history mm-hmm. and put it in a D&D campaign, who would you be and what would be your, uh, your class? So for me, I went with a chicken. <laughs> I went with uh, Teddy Roosevelt as a barbarian. <laughs> Roosevelt wouldn't be a barbarian. Roosevelt would be a paladin. Uh, Bully. Eh, I don't Bully. know. I don't know. He seems to be kind of berserk at times, especially with uh, Battle of San Juan Hill kind of stuff. That's not paladin stuff. That's not doing it for the cause. That's let me let me <laughs> that, get a that, war started. That's crazy. Super angry, super dedicated lunatic paladin. That's yeah, like barbarian. Ah! <laughs> it's like Conan, Conan <laughs> crap right there. So that's who I went with. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt as a barbarian. What about you, Matthew? Um, I would be a rogue and I would base myself on uh, Nakamura Jirokichi, uh, the legendary rat boy, Nezumi Kozo from the Edo period of Japanese history because he was basically just this legendary thief and rogue who was arrested and tattooed and banished and kind of lived around the edges of town as like a pickpocket. It would be kind of, it would be really cool. You could play that classical rogue role, but you could play it in a different way than the usual sort of, um, you know, Tasselhoff flaffle floor and kind of here I am. Teehee. I'm a, I'm a little guy. No, no, I'm a damn ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, Zach. What about you? You've been play- you've been playing some D anD D, right? Lately, yeah. A little you've been bit. sucked into our dark bit. hole of yeah. Uh, geekiness. Yeah. Thanks to Rob and Brian. Yeah, it takes away all the time. I should be like spending it with your girlfriend. Like, I should be like doing stuff. Like working graduate. on your homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really know many classes. The first one I thought of, because because it was kind of funny in my head, was uh, Napoleon as a dwarf. <laughs> well, that's all I got. But you don't know what he would be. No. He'd just be a fighter. No, I, I have no idea. Would he be a fighter, a controller. Um, he would be, uh, a frick, I don't know. I could, he would be a fighter. Sure. Probably just, a I fighter. don't know. He'd be Captain, Captain America. Have <laughs> him, have him be, uh, uh, you know, the, the Captain America archetype, that leader type. Dun, da, da, I'm a dwarf. <laughs> Anything else that we want to get to this week? Your catchphrase could be, ha ha. Uh, is that it? Is that just, is that the whole, is that the whole catchphrase? Haha, ha, yes. Uh, that's kind of lame. Haha! Ha! I guess you have to do it that way. <laughs> no. I guess, I guess you could be kind of better. Yata! You could be Errol Flynn as a ranger. Errol Flynn is not a ranger. Sure he is. No. No, 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 no. Robin Hood would be a ranger. Right, that's what I'm saying. Errol you can't, Flynn is a rogue. Yeah, but you have to take some real people. The Robin Hood, they're not really sure was, a, really was, real. was real. So that's why I'm saying Errol Flynn as Robin Hood, as the ranger. Yes, but Errol, Errol Flynn, no. Oh my God, my brain hurts. If you're going to take Errol <laughs> Flynn as a real person, have to be a bard. Because yeah, you could do Errol that too. Errol Flynn was all about entertaining the masses and drinking heavily. You could do that too, I suppose. Yeah. Ooh, you know who would be good though? As a barbarian and or ranger? Alan Hale Jr., the skipper from Gilligan's Island as a ranger would, would be make awesome a, because he's big, 
he's he's bulky and he's all you know kind of he would be one of those great outdoorsy kind of guys yeah who like punch you in the face and build a lean to out of your bones nostradamus <laughs> as your wizard character mm. there you go yeah. that would be good who would you have as your um yeah if you need who would you have as your thief jesse james no rat boy okay Judas. Who, who else are we? Oh, there you go. Don't know. No, who else are we missing? Well, who are we see, missing in the? In that the... I say about cleric, we're getting into a really weird area. <laughs> you can't say what I want to say for cleric. I mean, uh, ooh, you know what would be good though? But, but it's somebody who's a healer. You could take uh, As... Mary Curie. You could do that. Yeah, that. Joseph Bell. You could have yeah. Pope John Paul. Uh, <laughs> Oh, you went. Just saying. <laughs> Why did you go? At least there? he was the cool pope. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, mobile, move, move. You know, Blackbeard would make a good barber. There you go. Oh yeah. What other classes Bluebeard are we missing? Too. Have we hit the? Have we hit the? The five. Five. The paladin. The fighter. Um. The thief. We need uh, the wizard. Well, that's how you look at it. The old school parties, you'd want a fighter, a wizard, a cleric, and a thief. Yeah, well, I think we got but those. these days, they've cut things up to where you have like a controller and a striker and a uh, Matt Classic or something. I don't know. You know who your controller would be? Patton. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Or Eisenhower. The skipper, the skipper is your big fighting presence. Eisenhower would be good, yeah. Ooh. A really interesting controller. What about MacArthur? Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. That'd be really good. Especially when you have to run away yeah, from a fight, like, <laughs> because he'll he'll be like, "I shall return," <laughs> and I'll chew on this corn cob pipe. Oh, well, what about Quentin Tarantino as a bard? Mm, but Kevin Smith, he's a storyteller, distracting you and making the whole group feel really good and building you up by telling you the story. I think that would be Kevin a, Smith would be better than Quentin Smith, Tarantino yeah. in that role. No, because in at the end of Quentin Tarantino's, oh sure he is, sure he is. You really need to. I don't. I know you follow him on Facebook, but you really need to. You really need to listen to his uh, his podcast. Oh yeah. Even if you're only listening to him for five minutes a day, you really need to listen to his podcast. Good stuff. I don't have time for podcasts. I know you don't. That's why you need to make time time beyond podcasts. That's why you need to make time. I don't. Need He's coming to make coming to Kansas City. My job oh, involves talking to people. Convocation night. Us. Oh, really? Yeah, I was pissed. God dang it. Yeah, I know. Super groovy uh, cartoon movie. <sighs> yeah. Well, he was in Lawrence with Red State, you know. Oh, years, that, the Midland so and Kansas yeah, yeah. City. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, well. One of these times. Well, eventually. We'll all be too busy. Well, if you if you graduate, maybe you're not going to graduate, Zach. Oh yeah, I could just, you like, can just quit skip. school. There you go. Like, you know, I didn't really want to graduate finish your this degree. Year. I'm just going to like, I'll come back next year and do it. Maybe I'll just do virtual, but I really need to see Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to be more in the area now that uh, Colorado passed their oh marijuana, marijuana laws. Yeah, he, yeah. he already did two shows there a couple like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I just heard those episodes. No, I heard the episodes saying. Hey, hey, next we're week gonna we're going to be, gonna be <laughs> That's how far behind I am on everything. So, um, Yeah, so people were like, hey, what other podcasts uh, do you guys listen to? Well, 
out this week from Monkey Brain Comics um, is a brand new comic. It's a three issue series called Mask of the Red Panda. And you guys need to go and check out this uh, check out this comic. It is also based on um, the podcast, The Red Panda Adventures. I think it's fantastic. Matthew, if you like old time radio adventure stuff like the old shadow, if you like the old Lone Ranger stuff, um, you would, you would get a kick out of this stuff. They do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, that's not just, not just red Panda. Um, they do a bunch of other, they've got a thing where they've got some detective and noir and they do a, a space thing. Uh, crap. Now I can't even find it in my long list of stuff. Oh yeah. They do a really cool space Space story. They do some, what if they do some twilight zone type tales? Um, nice. Space thing. <laughs> oh, Dakota Ring Theater. That's that's what it is. Dakota Ring Theater. You guys need to add that to your podcast list. All right. I feel so bad about that, but I'm always just always listening so for the Red Panda Adventures. Awesome. But it's Blackjack Justice is another good one that they have in that series, and it's the same group of people doing them, but they're done in the style of the old radio tales. All right, everybody, I think that wraps it up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for spreading the word and telling everyone about the Major Spoilers Podcast and all of the podcasts in the Major Spoilers Podcast uh, Network. You can find our master feed over at iTunes. So if you're wanting to find out what we do with Munchkin Land or if you want to hear a dueling review that we just did uh, the other night with um, Batman Inc. number eight, you can find that in the master feed. That way you don't have to subscribe to Batman 15 other other podcasts they're all right there in one single feed next time on the major spoilers podcast we will be looking at uh, the teenage mutant ninja turtles why because we know that you love comics and we do too and we will talk with you soon if i had the x-ray vision of a superman i could save some bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the rack and although every other page would be backwards i suppose i could still read the evens and the odds well i don't know guess i haven't thought this all the way through plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew he'd make me wait out on the corner what a major spoiler what a major spoiler Away. If I was hulking green or gray, I could bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would you bag and board your comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Major spoiler, yeah, 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 yeah. What a major spoiler. Major spoilers is copyright 2013. You've worked hard for what you have your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.